Welcome to the Rediscovering Your Creative Self podcast, where you get a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation for your creative practice. Beyond the Wall. When we do our art, we have many applications that it can be seen. And a gallery, a museum wall are one option, but there are so many others. It can be seen sequentially in a book like a picture book. It can be seen in panels in a graphic novel or as a zine, even an e-zine. It can be sequential in a video. The applications, as I said, are almost endless. Today, we really have more opportunity for more eyes to see our work in incredibly unique ways. One of the things that I talk about with students when they're setting up their work for a gallery space, especially um, people that I mentor who are professional artists that want some insight about how to get more engagement or more interesting ideas when their work is on the gallery or the museum wall. I talk to them about thinking in terms of a space designer, you know, somebody who would do um, an exhibit of some sort uh, where wayfinding is important. Wayfinding is a term that is used to control the way, or at least try to, people view something in a three-dimensional space. There's things to consider. The lighting, perhaps adding sound, the color of the walls, whether one of those walls has a large size mural on it, the pacing of the work, where it's positioned next to. There's so many things. So how do you even start? Well, everything really is about communications, isn't it? It's about messaging. What do you want to say with this exhibition? I mean, yes, you have collateral, you have things that you have created to promote the work and you have words that help to describe what's going on. But people respond in an experience-based way. So when they enter the gallery, what do they see first? Maybe you have to set up some kind of wall or, you know, partial wall or something that allows the viewer to see something first than to kind of experience everything all at once. The more we can control the way somebody unfolds, the way our work is presented, the more interesting the story becomes. When we read a story, we see kind of one thing at a time. That's a time-based element. When we walk through a gallery, it can be almost somewhat of the same thing. Do they see something large at first and are just, you know, this sort of this big, you know, movie kind of impact, large image that's just incredible? Or are they seeing something intimate at first? What is the lighting? Is it subdued with a spotlight? Is it more ambient light? You know, how is the exhibit being seen. We also have 
many different ways in which we can utilize sound. Sound, even if it's just in instrumental sound, can really put people in different kinds of moods. If we have sound that's pleasing and rhythmic, that's going to get one kind of reaction. We can also use sound in a very agitated way, you know, especially if we want to make people feel a little uncomfortable because that has something to do with the messaging, you know, of our work. Also the size, like we talked about, the size of the work in relationship to the next work and the coloring or palette of the work in relationship to the next work. How we see one image and we move to the next, that image, that second, has been um, compared to or our eyes have adjusted to or made uh, decisions about that very first image. And as we move to the second image, its reflection of the first becomes upon that image. So what do I mean by that? If I've got something that's very monochromatic that you look at first, and the next image is colorful, the next image will maybe be too colorful. It's always kind of nice to have something that kind of moves up the scale in a, in a, in a graduated way, unless we want that impact, that great change in scale, color, whatever it is. The other thing is, is the messaging behind the works and how they relate together as a unit. Those are also things that are important. I've had some artist friends that don't just hang, you know, picture after picture. They will cluster the pictures on a wall and then others will be more vertically uh, presented. So how you actually fit those works on a wall make a difference. Most of the time when you're going through artwork at a gallery or a museum, you see your own cone of vision. So are there places where a viewer can step back where they can see an entire wall? Or is the, the place tight so that when you're looking at wall space, um, they're only able to see a certain cone of vision? Your cone of vision is when you stare at something in front of you, you mark with your hands like a cone where your peripheral vision goes. So the further you step back, the more you're able to see in that cone of vision. So how much somebody can see at once, that is a one visual image area. And that should be considered as one, as a whole. So every time you walk through the gallery or the space, you can change the cone of vision that somebody has. And then, of course, the addition of any three-dimensional items that may support the exhibition in and of itself is also really wonderful. I love how museums do that. I think it's such a, an interesting wayfinding experience. In addition, even having intimate spaces with video recordings um, that may have insights, further insights into a show. Another thing that's really interesting is when you take the work, okay, and you put it into any kind of a book format. 
Now, books are kind of interesting because you have page and then you see the next page and the next page. So it's what we call a time-based kind of thing. Like we we see it sequentially, but for the most part, the you know, as we move towards the end of the book, we our memory isn't as tight because we can't see the images all at once because we're page turning. One of the things that I like to tell my students who are designing books of their work is to have a pacing. So you may have, you know, uh, here in, you know, when we read from uh, left to right, the dominant page is the right. Of course, if in other countries that read differently, then the dominant page will be the left. But on to um, the pages you you got to think about having like well it might be single page with you know full page maybe there's um little vertical spots that cross over the the gutters maybe it's a full spread so you kind of think about the pacing of your book like music so you can have this um syncopation syncopation of bum 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 that might be just page full page page full page page, full page, or you have, you know, full page, bum, and then you have these little images that might be ding, 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 you know, these little images that might go across maybe two or three spreads, and then maybe bang, you know, like that large spread that goes across the page. So you kind of think about how that pacing goes, and where are you going to repeat that pacing? And maybe there's even some really grand, large, you know, um, you know, gatefold opening that happens in the in the piece as well. So the bindery of the book, okay, that makes a difference. There's all kinds of really unique forms of bindery these days and unique formats in which a book can be presented. And all of those allow the viewer to have an experience. You know, what do they see first? Even flipping through a book or an, or you know i um any kind of magazine type of format that you might want to use to show your work the images on the outside bring the viewer in so you consider that in the design you know today we also have these interactive ways which we can show our work we can even do it in video and of course on social media we even have um, you know, these ways of taking still images and putting them together, you know, in, in adding music. And they just change the way somebody sees a work individually. So one of the things that I would like you to think about is how you want to tell stories with your work, how you want to create a visual image area in a sequence um, with your work. In other words, how is it viewed as a unit? Maybe it's not even an entire body of work, but a section of that body of work. How can you use different forms of presentation? Because really, when we're talking about beyond the wall, we're talking about different forms of presentation. So taking these different forms of presentation allow numerous eyes, numerous people to see it in a different light. And, you know, some bodies of work actually work better with certain forms of presentation than others, because it just lends itself to that. 
it lends itself to more storytelling applications and can be experienced in a heightened sense when you use those alternate forms of presentation. The other thing is, all of us have some kind of story to tell. You could call it a message with a body of work, but in a way, it's always a story, isn't it? And it's always this story starts out with that key thing that you want to get across. And then it unfolds all these really little interesting things along the way. And then at the end, what's in it for the viewer? What's in it? What's in this body of work that they can relate to, that they can tap into, that they can see something for themselves? Because I think our, our, our best job as artists is that we see the world in very unique ways. And those unique ways allow the viewer to come into that creative process and to experience that same sense of joy and that same sense of seeing the world in this really different way. Sometimes things in life can be very difficult. And I think an artist is able to bring out the beauty, bring out the wonderful qualities, bring out the joy, bring out the playfulness, bring out areas of our souls that we often miss with a lot of the hardships that are going on. So this week, I'd like you to think about how your work may go beyond the wall, or even if it is the wall, alternative ways of expressing it on a wall. And with that, make some notes, do some explorations, maybe even learn a new way to present your work, but do it because I think the world needs to see all the wonderful things that you're creating. And if it means a different way to present your work, then that's what we should do as artists, because that's the way we need to get connection with the culture that's there today, with what they feel comfortable about. In other words, our presentations are creating a portal for others to experience art in the way that we do and to experience the joy and the beauty and the excitement that we do as artists. So with that, have a great week, and as always, create from the heart. This audio series is part of my Navigating the Labyrinth of the Creative Mind Patreon endeavor. The site uniquely intermixes self-reflection and personal storytelling with exploratory mixed-media techniques and expressive approaches to art-making, elevating the creative consciousness and guiding each person on his or her own path to discovering the creative spark that resides within. Check us out at www.patreon.com slash Lisa L. Sear, and that's spelled C-Y-R. <laughs>